Hello everyone, Abby here again to introduce you to part two of our interview with Ginny Tiramani from the School of Historical Dress. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to pick right up where we left off last week and just let Ginny tell us her story and get all the good details and information and have an awesome time listening to her uh, talk to us. Lauren and I had a great time, like I said last week, a great time talking to Ginny Tiramani. And don't forget, if you haven't ordered Patterns of Fashion 5, stop what you're doing. Well, you can still listen to us, but go online, pre-order the book. Like I said, there's less than 2,000 copies available, and they're going quickly, and they're only sold at schoolofhistoricaldress.org.uk. Trust me, y'all, you're going to want this book. It's going to be incredible. So other than that, let's just pick it right back up where we left off. But first, got to have some Dandy Wellington music, because Dandy Wellington is our favorite person of all time, and he's incredible. So, Dandy, please, greenhouse stomp me. Ha! Gather up your best regalia We're all strutting by azaleas Party in that hothouse round the block Oh, shovel on up for our greenhouse stone yeah. And there is no better advice, I don't think, to someone doing a book like this mm -hmm. in the and I so agree with her, and I'm sad I never had the chance to talk to her about it. Yeah. Because, because I really do believe that form and content, you can't really separate them. So that's why I'm proud of the poster graphic novel, yes, because yes, I, yes. I think that the form of that and what it, the story it's telling go together so well. Mm -hmm. um, but... Um, uh, I've, I've, I didn't know Janet that well. I think I, I wouldn't like anyone to think that. You know, yeah. I, I, I learned everything from her, but I didn't know her. I knew Tina very, very well, luckily for nearly 10 years. Well, no, more than 13, 14 years. I miss her dreadfully, mm. absolutely dreadfully, because she and I started the school and asked Vanessa Hopkins to join us. Okay. So I wanted to teach in my own way, Santina wanted Janet's will to be fulfilled, so she'd never closed the will. And Janet had left this large sum of money, both for her books to be, her work, not her book, she only imagined the Linens book. She imagined a 17th century book of men's and women's, and we have split it because we decided that it was so important to update corsets and crinolines, basically, yeah. to have something that you know, students, whoever, could have mm -hmm. and understand. And so this is only half of Corsets and Crinolines. As I say, Luca is going to deal with yeah. the next half. Uh, and, and I felt that uh, doing a book of 1620 to 1720 with men's and women's, the women's would get lost because there wasn't very much. Oh, yeah. There. And the men's is so great. So the men's is book seven. Mm -hmm. And it's very strong. It's the story of doublet and hose to coat, waistcoat, yes. and britches. Yes. It's fantastic. It's solid. It's so. Yeah. So, oh, I was going to say it's due time. Sorry for menswear. It's so. due time. Yeah. There's and I can't wait. I want to do a book on men's 18th century. There's yes. not nearly enough on that. No, exactly. You know, it just goes on and on. I'll die, and then hopefully people here will carry on because we're. <laughs> The really different thing is, you know, Janet wrote books one, two, and three on her own. Mm. The Linens book, she'd done, she'd sketched the rough patterns. Some of them were in pencil with the writing. Some didn't have the writing. We had her 
rough notes and patterns from the museums. She had done an object list. But essentially, uh, Santina Levy and I wrote the book because mm. Janet hadn't written the text. And I redrew all the patterns and I imitated her handwriting, obviously, um, because I couldn't, I didn't dare change anything and Tina didn't want me to change anything. But we did get that colour section put in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We did get the publisher to say, um, we said we want it to be future proof. We're not doing black and white pictures. And that that we did manage. Um, but but that that was a real team effort. That was me and Tina sitting for two years or more mm. working together, going to look at the objects together, you know, working out what we thought of them, etc., etc. Tina's knowledge of embroidery and lace totally informs that book. Awesome. All the stuff on the lace and the embroidery is Tina. And, and she's, you know, in a way, I think she sits slightly in, a, you know, in Janet's shadow in some, mm. in, not in, not in some people's eyes, but she's not the populist figure that Janet yes. is. You know, she's not Saint Janet. Or no, yeah, I was going to say, Janet's a demigod in the costuming, in like yes. historic costuming and, world. And she is. Right. like, And quite rightly. Yeah. And Tina's a much quieter person. But I learnt what I, I mean, she was my teacher for those years. And then we started the school and Vanessa wanted to join us because um, she wanted a permanent home for her collection. She wanted it to be her legacy. Yeah. And so we all had these very good reasons for the three of us starting the school as we did. But uh, just coming back now, so Pants of Fashion 5 is the first book that the School of Historical Dress have published yes. uh, in the series, and we now have permission to publish the rest of the books in the Yay. series. Okay. It's our series now. Okay, so, yeah. so it's not with Macmillan. Okay, yes. Only going, as I said to you, this first edition, we're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. Not letting anybody distribute it. I haven't even done any deals with booksellers. Mm. Will do, probably. But what I need to do, I need the world to come to our web shop mm -hmm. to find out who we are. Hopefully, to look at our website because we're not that well known. I know that. That all the time people are saying, "I didn't know about you." Yeah. You know, we don't even have ten thousand Facebook followers. Well, so, Facebook's dying anyway, so the place to be is Instagram. Instagram. So, so you yeah. you just focus on your Instagram. We've only just started Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're very slow at all this. But the difference, I this is important, Abby, to me that the difference between us and Janet is mm -hmm. that so at legally, you know, I'm I am one of three. You know, our our directors, we are the residual legatees of Janet. Janet Arnold. Yeah. So her estate was settled on the school. Her money paid for one floor of this fourth floor building, and that is a library and archive. It's our lovely library and archive floor. Uh, and so it enabled us to buy this building, mm. and which is an old dispensary built in the 19th century surgical dispensary um, for people's bodies. I quite like that because we dress. Um, and uh, she left enough money for us to publish one book Excellent. from start to finish. So we need to also greedily, mm -hmm. you could have all the money from this book, yes. five, 
because otherwise we a can't afford to, to reprint it mm-hmm. till we've pooped, as you know. Mm-hmm. You'll know all about that from yes. your own experience. But B, we need a lot of money to get on with the next two to yes. keep going and publish six and seven. So we we we're gonna try to kick it off like that, and then we'll be too busy. I mean, we've had 850 orders in two yeah. weeks, and 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 literally we can just about cope mm-hmm. with keeping on track of that, yeah. you know? So we can't keep doing that, but yeah. just for the moment, we need to do it now, mm-hmm. this sort of. Uh, and the thing about Pats of Ashen 5, you know, there are, I've put, I've put six authors on the cover, Yes, I saw that with okay. everyone listed. We get yeah, but actually Claire Thornton really should be there too because Claire helped us with one of the patterns. I didn't have time to go and see some stays in in Nottingham, and mm. Claire is our. She was a great friend of Santina's, and Claire's specialism is lace and embroidery, and these are court stays. So she oh. helped finish that pattern because we find on Janet's patterns things like. She writes circle round something, uh, take a new pattern of the skirts or of the sleeve, not happy with the sleeve pattern. So we've had to, you know, just finish them off mm-hmm. and add to them the detail. But the thing about us is we are a big team. I'm, I'm a theatre person. Mm-hmm. I'm used to leading a team. Yeah. I'm, I can be a nightmare as a leader. I'll tell you that. They'll all tell you that. <laughs> And, and, you know, sometimes we fall out a bit and we mm-hmm. fight. We get fed up with each other. That's right, but a book. Like, we're just like a dysfunctional family. Yeah. And we all love each other very much. Mm-hmm. And we've worked together, you know. So it says Janet Arnold, obviously, in bigger letters. And then it says Jenny and Luca Costigliolo. Mm-hmm. And Luca and I and Claire Thornton and Melanie Braun, who wrote the V&A books together. Yes. We've worked together at the Globe, like, you know, we've worked all night mm-hmm. for weeks. We've we've done shows together by hand there. You know, we've known each other for uh, oh, we've known each other for nearly twenty years. It's terrifying. <laughs> so those relationships are forever. They're for mm-hmm. life. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I, I hope. I hope. Yeah. And and there's no pretense about this. Janet didn't imagine this book. I imagined it. So. Mm-hmm. If, you don't like it, anybody out there in the world. I'm sorry, it's my fault. It's not Janet's. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that will be a problem. I think that a book full of stays <laughs> and hoops will yeah. make so many people's lives so much better. We it's, hope so. It might make our lives hope. easier at the very least because now when people ask us about stays, we can go buy this book. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's only a selection. I've already seen online someone saying, oh, I hope our favourites are in it. Well, I don't know what your favourites are. I've, I've disappointed her already, you know. We've tried our best to do a good range. Mm-hmm. But as you know, every pair of 18th century stays is different. There are so many types. We're bound to have missed somebody's favourite type out. Yeah. But, you know, it's no, we've done our best, but we've done it collectively. So mm-hmm. Sebastian Passo on the third line... <coughs> so Sebastian is French, trained at the Louvre, mm. like serious academic on art history, also a living history practitioner and mm. a maker for people to wear, 
he designs and makes costume for theatre as well, but you can do brilliant handmade historical. Mm-hmm. <coughs> he and I started buying clothes for the our collection and textiles at Drouet in Paris, mm-hmm. where he would go and look at them and then we'd decide <coughs> whether to buy them or not. Mm-hmm. So he's helped build our school collection. Um, and Sebastian has come up with some incredible um, texts because, as you know, you know, Garchol, what did he do? You know, he's a nobleman who in, yeah. is basically interviewed one staymaker in Paris. Yeah. You know, we should not take his word as being the general, you know, uh, how, how staymaking was done. I think there's a lot of good basics in it. But there's another gentleman called Mr. Reiser, who was a German staymaker and tailor who, who <coughs> published in Lyon because mm-hmm. he felt like he would be more taken notice of if he published in France, yeah. not Germany. And he's the real thing. He's mm-hmm. who made stays all his life yeah. and who published in great detail all his construction techniques, wow. yes. order of construction, all sorts of things that Garsholt doesn't even mention. Mm-hmm. So that's all through Sebastian. I mean, his, his, his picture research has been astonishing. I mean, his contribution to the book is huge. Mm-hmm. Huge, really. He hasn't taken... He helped me check one of Janet's patterns in the Galleria, in the Palais Galleria in France. Mm-hmm. But really, he has, you know, but his contribution is really mostly on the on the research front and translating these texts, which mm-hmm. we've put to the introduction. Armel Lucas contributed two patterns. Mm-hmm that she got a Janet Arnold award to go and study with the Society of Antiquaries, who do an award um, because Janet was a fellow of the Society of Antiquaries and they run this award uh, to give people help in taking patterns and studying real garments. Mm. So that's lovely. That um, And we put one of her patterns, uh, I also studied that garment, so we did it together. And the other one, Janet studied, the famous Platt Hall crimson satin stays and stomach mm. we, we put in. But Janet took her pattern very quickly and it didn't have as many details. So so Armel went back and she really spent a long time adding to it with this bursary. So mm. it's lovely to have her work in there. And Johannes Peach, you may know his work. Who, he published a marvellous pattern book on 17th century yes. Netherlandish dress. Yes. And and Johannes and I took patterns of the pocket hoop and the and the jointed collapsible hoop in his collection, uh, and we co-published his patterns of two of the Darmstadt bodices with Janet's. Yes, so we, nice. It's teamwork between us and Janet. Yes. That's the important thing, and it's a big team. And then Vanessa Alan Hopkins took a lot of photographs here of our own stays. I took some too. Sebastian took some too. Vanessa Hopkins sat and proofread it with me because our copy editor couldn't fit it in because we were so late. Mm. So we've all copy edited it. There are typos. I'll admit it. Our typos and ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping nobody notices all of them, and most of them really don't matter. I know that. They're not factual. They're, you know, we keep seeing a comma in the wrong place, or we've tried to put all the figure numbers in in um, bold type and some of um, oh no I missed one you know mm-hmm. but it's a very complex book now 
uh, I think, have I told you everything now? Because I I want to wave a couple of pages at you just so that you've seen. Yes, the, you, yeah. So that uh, if you uh, add anything yourselves, you know, because I haven't, nobody's seen it yet. Yeah. So, um, but like how to, how to buy it, where to get uh, it. Yeah. I well, stepped we, out for a second. Yeah, no, we can get to that. Um, well, one of my questions was uh, actually, what's your favorite pattern in the book? So if you want to show us that okay, and can talk you about that. Me, just give me two seconds. Yeah. I'm, so, so here's the book. It's not the right colour cover. The right colour is a beautiful, smoky, bluey, dark purple, but they, that's fine. This is just a mock-up, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, that's the colour of the cover. That oh. long And um, so what's my favourite pattern? Yes. Well, there's two things to tell you. Okay. One is you may have seen, if you looked on our web shop, is because I put a few photos of but just the odd page is that we've abandoned the um, handwriting apart from the staymaker's tale because the thing is that Luca and I split drawing up Janet's patterns and then I drew up my own he has contributed uh, a pattern that he drew up you know so we couldn't I mean, he's Italian and he writes in copper plate. There's no way he could have done handwriting that looked like Janet's. And we don't want it to look inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously having done the three V&A books, when I look at this now, you know, it's a mixture between Janet's style and what we developed. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, it's a good mixture. But it, people may never love it as much as a Janet book or Patterns of Fashion 4, because it's not all hand-drawn. But we couldn't do that anymore. So yeah. what we hope is that people love it because of the colour and the layout, because what we've done for the first time is we've put all the coloured photos of the objects next to the patterns. Nice. You now have to go to the front of the book. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of the way we've laid them out. It, it's it we've tried to be chronological but now which one am I going to show you first and and some of the patterns take up five or six pages some of them take up two we've um I'm not showing you my favorite but you'll know this one <laughs> yes we've, we've redone the pink stays but this is how I wanted it to look in the V&A book mm -hmm. yeah. so what we've done is we've put all the baleen in mm. and the reason it that we've colored in all the baleen it's quite difficult to show you hang on is that as you know a lot of, well we've got half bone stays here we've got smooth covered stays and stitch stays we've got stays where the bone channels are an eighth of an inch wide but they stop an inch from the top and i like i am a very yeah i'm a very visual person <laughs> I to see where the baleen is i think if you only show where the bone channels are or boning channels then you're not showing the whole story mm. and, and so uh, I imposed it on me and Luca and then we had all these hilarious things where because he was working in Genoa I was working here and he was like what felt tip penny are you using to do those in and what color have you chosen for cane and I'm like I haven't chosen a color for cane yet and he's like, yeah, but I want to draw those hoops up today. And, I, and I'm sending him by post, you know, pens, because he's gone <laughs> to the in Genoa and he can't get the right colour pen. And, you know, we always draw everything by hand. You mm -hmm. know that. Well, it's all drawn by hand, like Janet. 
But whereas she used to draw a page, the size of the page, our, our, our preference is to draw them double, exactly in scale, double the size and reduce them because they just always look better. Better resolution, mm -hmm. yeah. So we've done that here and I'm really proud of the print. Um, so yeah, so we um, the other thing we've done, we've added, uh, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you, I think my favorite stays, okay, okay. in the book. Um, but, so this is a pair that used to be in the Metropolitan, can you see? I yeah, don't know if yeah. you can see. So that's one page, because mm. I've only got a little picture of your screen, so I don't know what you <laughs> yeah. But can you see? Yeah. We, because I love fabrics. I yes. often, when I could, I've done a bit of a fabric design. But there's a layer drawing, so that's oh, the thing. Awesome. Um, we've done them for all the stays we could. Now this stomacher has twelve layers. Um, <laughs> actually, so on that page is the smooth cover, which again, as you know, um, has more parts usually yeah. than the uh, internal. This is an, this is the inside. Mm. So doing the balloon, we could also express where the where the really heavy balloon is mm. and the really lightweight, flexible balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. Um, and and you, I bet you know this from Pinterest because it is on a lot of people's Pinterest pages even today. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. They're from Germany. Do you know that? Have you seen that before? Yes, I have. This one? I absolutely oh, no, This is not all the same. I've seen the... Yeah, yeah, just... I've, yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen the inside well, shot. And I mounted them with silver... Cha well, I didn't use silver chain. I used metal chain as a lace because that was the tradition hmm. where they worn it's really specific and really fabulous although you do find chain being it's like women using a piece of jewelry yeah it's big metal hooks and our vet x-rayed them look can oh, you see cool. x-ray of the whole shape of the hooks and that's i mean these x i i was ramming it in because you know you can never get i mean i, I nice the books got spoiled with the vna books but yeah. i think that's my favourite, but I also love the one I drew for the cover, which is this one from the Museum oh, of. I know so it's gorgeous. You know, the shape of this one is out of this world, and we had a gr lot of trouble because it's lined, working out the construction mm. of the. And I I don't agree with Lynn Sorge English's um, layout, I'm afraid, but mm. I've also X-rayed so. I can see what shapes up there. But you see that thing about the balloon. Um, it's so important to know, the, you know, where the balloon is and what direction. Yeah. Totally. Hang on about that. So those those are a couple of real favourites. This is what I'm calling a bodice. And this is this is one from the mm. collection in Rockamora. Mm -hmm. And I'm calling it a bodice because it's an entirely... Um, you, I'll use the word mantua maker. You might not by the end of the 18th century. Mm. It's an entirely finished lined bodice, mm. except centre front, which has got ready-made panels of bents and baleen mm. stitched into the fronts. So the stays are like belly pieces. They're entirely separate mm. um, and, and supported by strips of baleen. Uh, so that to me, that's what I've called a bodice because mm. the garment is not a covered stay. Do you know what I mean? Kinda. 
Okay. It might help once I see the book in person, I can read everything to kind of see where you were going with this. Where I'm going with this is I'm calling everything a pair of stays because Randall Home does and Mm -hmm. so does uh, Ricer. So uh, look, so we did a page there for the beginning the stay section and we quoted Ricer. So this is an English translation of the French. In our art, he wrote this in 1770. In our art, we distinguish two sorts of stays, stitch stays and covered stays. Mm. And that's exactly what Holmes says in the 1680s. He calls them smooth covered. Um, other people, other writers call them smooth stays. Mm-hmm. So I'd like everybody to stop calling everything a frigging bodice. Because <laughs> it, I know it's a pair of bodies made into the word bodice, and I know they used it for stiffened garments. I just feel that it's like if you don't get your head around the fact that you make the stays and then you just cover it with bits of fabric, then you're, you know, that's the art. So they were cheaper from what I can see usually because mm-hmm. usually you're only running stitch the channels. You don't need to do beautiful, neat backstitch channels that yeah. take forever because you're smooth covering them and you're often putting a layer of paper on, aren't you? Yeah. you know, the original uh, uh, court smooth covered stays yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I saw in Nordiska had layers of paper. Uh, and yeah, the inside was extremely rough. Rough, yeah. rough, rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And... and I'll just wait for the book <laughs> before I start pelting you with questions that you've already answered in your book. I will yeah, read your book. Yeah, this is a lovely one. Luca drew this one up. But again, we've used a lot of color on the pattern so that yeah. you can, this this pair of court stays, look, oh. has a bright yellow lining. And this oh. is all embroidered in gold and silver. And then it has a plain back. So it was definitely worn with the mantua. That's mm. the... Uh, he did a lovely layers drawing. There's that in there. Oh, those layer drawings are That's incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the thing is, we couldn't do construction sequences, which you know we love to do, but mm. there's no room. There's too many objects in the book. Um, but what's fascinating is that that pair of court stays and the ones before it. So there they are. That's the Russell Coates one to be worn with mm. the Manchester. Here's one that I did with sleeves that Claire helped finish off Janet's pattern. Mm. Um, and what's really spooky is that they both have embroidery and does and a pair of court stays in Madrid share look embroidery designs that all that, that are on this um, this 1724 pattern oh. of court stays in a train. Yeah, I've taken it away. You'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> we already pre-ordered ours, so we're yeah, just waiting. Fine. As soon as <laughs> Um, so we've we've put in the pattern of um, I've saved one of the Swedish ones that Janet did court stays and uh, has that one got the train and the petticoat to put in book six because I didn't want to overload this with them all but we did put this one in which she published in the 60s yes they have yeah um, I used to live in Sweden actually so um I was that, able that, to yes, buy the a small book about that yes, short gown yes, yes, and yes. her drawings in it. I was like, and I saw that and I went, holy right. crap, Janet Arnold studied this gown. That pattern is somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's here. Yeah, yeah there's drawings. Yep. That you 
And in that little book, you look after that little book because there's two x-rays and they've lost one. So we could only republish this one mm. because they've actually lost the other x-ray. Oh, I have no record of it apart from in that book. But this is a very good one. But this, we've got the... Now, these stays are the most beautiful shape. We had a problem interpreting the sleeve, which is really tricky. And, we, you know, we're not sure the complete construction. But we made a little model. So, so basically, what I did... I. And what I advocate for other people is I made little paper models mm -hmm. um, yes. of, of patterns to check that my patterns fitted together mm -hmm. and also to see the shape of some of the ones that weren't mounted well by the museum. And um, uh, this is a gorgeous shape. So this is that. That's the stays. Oh, yeah. I think it's a much more beautiful shape than it looks mm. there. It's really curvy, yeah. um, but we, but also we've got the train pattern. Oh, it's upside down. We've put in the train pattern and petticoat pattern. Mm. So we don't have the hoop pattern. We've got one of the other silk hoops in the book, mm. but, but we do have the whole outfit. Oh my gosh! Um, so, I'm but I just so excited. <laughs> I thought I, I was never going to make stays again, but I think I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> This is there's well there's another favorite. This is this is a pair that I bought at auction, which were in an, an American fashion and costume school in the 1940s, and I love these. They're another lovely shape. Look, they're beautiful. Um, and we've had those x-rayed really beautifully, so I put a big x-ray of those in, and I've completely reconstructed them. So I'm taking those to Munich to do a dressing. And I'm never breaking another pair, so that's my reconstruction. <laughs> Sorry, buried oh, it. Oh yes. So I just wanted to make one pair, like you with Baleen. Yeah. And then I've made. We've made other things with Baleen. These are not. They're the plastic, the polyester. Mm. But I did want to go through it myself. Um, but for hoops, I've got to show you two things, and then I will let you go. You can tell I'm really proud of this. I know you this should, is you should be. <laughs> this is uh, incredible. Oh wow. It's you know, so this is so first of all, there's another page. I just want to read you something. Mm. Where in the London magazine in 1741, and this is in Nora War, quote, whether it was an invention, as they say, of our own country women, or as others, that it was first imported from France, I will not venture to determine. But they're talking about hoops. Yeah. It took its first rise only by enlarging the form of the ancient farthingale. <laughs> and then you turn the page, and there's the Zamora farthingale, which Luca and I went to Zamora oh to God. take back. So this is the only rope of fence farthingale. Oh. And, and it isn't made like anybody guessed. <laughs> it's not how Nora guessed or Janet guessed or Matthew Nagy's guessed because every or all the Tudor Taylor guessed. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, there's no evidence of casings. This mm -hmm. is made in a fantastic way. It's only the front. They cut the back off. It's got a flat because it's on a religious effigy and it was only found a few years ago. <gasps> so I had to conjecture a pattern for the back. Oh, wait a minute. And it is perfect, Alsager. 
the shape of it, it looks rubbish because it's had tucks put in it to put on the effigy. Mm. But when we put the pattern, it just, it was a perfect piece of geometry. It was shocking. I can't show you very well, but I did, I couldn't help it. I did one page of construction drawings of how it was made because it's so amazing that it's it's bent do you see covered yeah. covered it this is a bright yellow linen one yeah um, and uh, and i've put quotes about queen elizabeth's rope of bents farthingales in the book um yeah so that's my favorite hoop pattern because that's... like nobody's sussed that yet and no that's we... incredible yeah <laughs> Well, I think the hoops fit, and that's the jointed hoop in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's the pattern, and I did a little sketch of it, look, yeah. of how it hinges. Oh, yeah. So, so there you go. That's a bit of what's in there. And then Lucas, a very, a very truncated version of, of um, what, what's his first name? Of J.S. Bernhard's. Oh, yeah. Drum. Now, now, yeah, so this is like step by step, ah. but really you need 24 drawings for each pair. We did it for two of the stays in the book just to show how it works. Yeah. You start with the vertical underarm measurement. I, I'm so excited to read that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll answer, it'll like fill in everything I was doing wrong. It's like, <laughs> oh yes. Isn't it nice though when you find out something even and then at the beginning we've done pages of all the materials in awesome. the book and all the patterns, all the construction. Yeah, I can't show you it all. Anyway, <laughs> well, we'll yeah. get it soon though because uh, when when is the publication date for the book? Thirty. The publication date of the book is the thirty first of October. Okay. But unless there's some kind of piracy on the South Seas or a flood, you know, a storm. Mm -hmm. As long as the ship gets here, it they're going to arrive with us on the 20th to the 22nd. Of October or September? October, okay. October. Yeah. But we've flown out, um, we've flown 100 books out to Munich and we offer, so that the delegates have been able to buy it and we'll give them the books. But we, it was quite expensive because we had to air freight them yeah. from China because they're all, they're packing them now mm -hmm. and, um, the rest obviously are coming on a boat, so they're going to take six weeks, I guess. Yeah. But we'll try to send because it'll just be us with volunteers packing them up. <laughs> we know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. We have a thing here where when people come to do our courses, we feed them. Mm. So we we give everybody lunch every day um, because well, we just think we should and they all talk to each other then because we only have small classes but we're going to ask for volunteers and then they'll get a free book that's oh, awesome lovely i if i could fly oh, out to volunteer yeah, i'd love to there. volunteer like, we're really go good at putting things in classes, classes. yeah i think <laughs> well, you've got there. lots of experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah we also just want to come take classes yeah <laughs> well <laughs> You never know. You never know. Anyway, thank you very much. I hope you can make sense of all that. Yes, we can. So, yeah, the book is on sale uh, for pre-order now, as you know, yes. for, on our web shop and then thereafter mm -hmm. until we decide to do something different. Yeah. So that's the school of historical dress dot co.uk. No, no, it's not co.uk. It's oh. all which oh. sounds O-R-G, oh, okay. which is organization. Yeah, so okay. It's, okay. 
schoolofhistoricaldress.org. You can go and order the book pre-order. It's very easy. It's also incredibly reasonably priced. Um, Even the shipping from the UK to the US is is very reasonable. And um, it's it's so chock full of, of... fascinating stuff and information and it's thicker than any patterns of fashion book that you already have guys so um it is incredibly good value for money do not miss this one just like from the sneak previews we just got to see over skype it's, oh my gosh. It's going, to, it's going to change once again and it's, further yeah. the historical costuming community and professional as well, like yeah. into another stratosphere. Yeah, it's everything that you think you know about stay making, just stop. <laughs> just wait. Get the book. And then and then you can reevaluate yeah, what re- you thought yeah, you knew. I, mean, I know some of the things I just saw, which of course we can't share because we're not recording the video of this, but some of the things I just saw, I was like, oh my god, I was having little epiphanies at the moment. And I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. Oh, wait. Oh, dang, I've been totally doing it wrong, which is what I think everybody except you and a few other people. No, I still wasn't thinking. necessarily doing it right. I just had crackpot <laughs> ideas that I'm like, okay, I was almost there. <laughs> yeah, and I know I said I was never going to make another pair of stays again, but that's I'm going to revise that. And I'm also going <laughs> to encourage um, Cynthia Red Threaded to, uh, I, I don't need to encourage her to do this because she will automatically yeah. do this. Is um, Well, she's going to the conference. She's going to the conference. Um embodying all of these things in, in her corsets and ready baits and patterns yeah. um, that we can buy from her instead of making my own, please, Cynthia. Please. <laughs> but, um, Jenny, you guys are also on Facebook. Is it School of Historical Dress? Yeah, we're, we're on... Uh, we've got a public Facebook page, yes. so everybody can look at it. They can't all comment, I don't think, unless they're on Facebook. But it is like a public site. Okay. You don't need to be a member. And we are the... School of Historical Dress on there, as far as I know. <laughs> I should, I, I, um, um, but uh, we're also on Instagram. Yes. We've not been on Instagram very long. Uh, so we're just getting going, really, uh, getting the hang of it. Um, but on Instagram, we are the School of Historical Dress and then the number one. Hey everyone, Abby here. Just wanted to pop in real quick to let you know that what you're about ready to listen to was a different part of our conversation uh, with Jenny Tiramani, and we were talking a lot about the sixth book that they're working on, so Patterns of Fashion 6, and all the interesting and very awesome 18th century women's gowns and clothes that they were looking at and that they're considering to to study. So we're just going to pick back up at that conversation and then wrap things up. Again, thank you for listening for, uh, to this episode. And if you want to get your hands on this book, as we've said in this episode a couple times, and as I said at the beginning, schoolofhistoricaldress.org.uk. They have sold probably at this point almost 1,000 out of the 2,000 copies. So you definitely want to get your hands on this book. It is incredible. And if Lauren and I is ooing and aahing and gushing over the book during this episode didn't convince you enough, here I am sitting down telling you again, buy this book, y'all. It is incredible. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. your uh, your uh, the sixth is um, it it's European women's dress. Correct? Yes, I think I well we haven't finalized the title or the date range because we've got a couple of things that are sixteen nineties, but I don't know whether to put them in because I don't want people who really want 1690s to go oh there's only like two things so it'll the book will start 
either around 1690 or 1710 to 20. And it will go up to the late 1780s, I reckon. And then as she got older, um, I think, although she didn't plan a book, she took lots of patterns of things like a uh, Robert La Piedmontaise, uh, yeah, yeah, Robert La Turk, um, <gasps> yes! uh, lovely Redingot, um, lovely two pieces, lovely different caracos with petticoats. Excellent. Um, you know, so we, we feel, and um, we've taken a pattern of the fabulous Robert La Ballon mm -hmm. that now at the Palais Galliera uh, because we thought it might go to Chile to the uh, museum there. there so we bought it when it uh, we went to take a picture a pattern of it when it came up at auction oh, and wow. then of course it stayed in Paris and we didn't need to rush <laughs> and uh, so Rob Le Boulon, and we've just taken a pattern of a, a true polonaise with Yay. its match that yes. was that's that awesome was in London by the um, I wouldn't mind putting a couple in the book, actually. It's just time. But the one we've mm -hmm. taken the pattern of, it was bought by the um, National Gallery of Victoria in oh. Melbourne, in oh. Australia. Oh, okay. And they gave us permission to keep it here at our school and take a pattern of it oh, for a couple awesome. of weeks before it left for the that's antipathies. So, uh, yeah, so that's great because, you know, obviously I feel like we've all got to get, yeah, you have, but, you know, we've got to stop calling Rob Anglais uh, the truth <laughs> of Polonaise. Yes. So, you know, we want to get that book out there because we feel like, well, I feel, you know, that, that like, especially in film and theatre, people just use the same things over and over again. Of course, the danger is they'll use these ones inappropriately, but you can't help designers will be designers, you know. Yeah. Well, even reenactors, we've had a few people comment over the cap from the 1740s chapter of our book, complaining that it's too small to wear to the Revoir reenactment. And we're, we're just kind of going, it's 30 years out of date. Like, that's not the point. So you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? Well, it's that, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Although, you know, I'm going to start, I, I, even on book Patterns of Fashion 5, there are certain things where I've written something that I think is really crucial. And I want to kind of put a, a cartoon kind of star around it or like a day glow pink outline. Yeah. <laughs> they won't read it. <laughs> and this. Yeah, but yeah. my answer, Lauren, to people <laughs> this, I'm going into the graphic novel. Oh, <laughs> Actually, today, I mean, this is just to show you. I'm sorry, we must get down to business. But... <laughs> okay. We have all the time of the day. It's it's you but who no. has the evening time. So, so oh. just had posters printed. <gasps> this is cool. Basically, this is two pages of our introduction. That's amazing. Called the Staymaker's Tale, and it's a fictional putting together of the whole process of the Staymaker measuring someone buying supplies. Uh, and then drafting a pattern in the way that is documented by a stay maker. So we we've kept quiet about drafting for years. You but just wet yourself. I've, I'm like I've just got. We're not keeping quiet anymore. So we've mm -hmm. in three places in the book we've gone into this method, yes. which this, which this guy describes step by step. He describes how to do it, and it and it makes sense to us. Total sense. Uh, 
and it's kind of along the lines that we always thought. Anyway, and then look, and then he finishes the pattern by, um, yeah, he finishes the pattern, sorry, here, and then he uh, cuts it up and he lays it out on the canvas and blah, blah, blah. And then he does a fitting and it's a bit small and he has to add a bit in and work all night. Can you see him working all yes. night? And then, and anyway, it's a happy ending. He alters them. She's happy. He gets paid. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully I on decided, time. and actually I've shown it to some academics. Yeah. Oh. And what's interesting is that the academics I've shown it to, including several sort of PhD students, is they kind of grabbed it and, you know, were like, this is just what I need because they're not practical. Yeah, no. they You know, they don't understand the pattern so much, you know, but... Yeah all the process when you write about it but actually a graphic novel you know it's sort of they they were like oh I understand now oh I you know blah blah and I think you know hopefully practical people will enjoy it too because they don't bloody read the introduction no that is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen that is such a good idea well you know I had the idea, then I didn't have time to do it all myself, so I, I, I storyboarded it, and I had a student here from New York University, a costume student, uh, had two students here who did a lot of drawing for the book, because awesome. Luca and I didn't have, ran, out, ran out of time completely, yeah. and um, so they did it, so Bernadette drew most of it yeah. for you know, we plotted it, do you know, Bernadette She's, Banner? Yeah, she introduced... Oh, of course, you yes. met her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bernadette um, drew that, you oh, know, and we, awesome. based, we based it on 18th century engravings and woodcuts. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. based on um, references. I don't, I think it's not bad. That's no, brilliant. But, I, I have to say, um, mm. I you missed it. I got weepy uh, <laughs> just then because Mark Hutter was the person who taught me how to make stays. But Mark has his own particular way of patterning stays that, and I became obsessed with stays like I've worked with Baleen I've done the very controversial thing um but when I was working on patterning stays and and trying to teach myself how to pattern the way Mm -hmm. Mark taught me didn't make sense Mm. and I kept drawing and doodling stays outlines and and I developed this idea of patterning them within a box uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and doing it within the box and changing the angle of the front to yeah. adjust for the waist and yeah. saying, well, like, if this is here and this is here and trying to teach myself just from my own cockamamie, like, thought process that yeah. this was the logical way for me to do it. This is what made logical sense to me. And and he always was kind of like, mmm, like not really into my, you know, crackpot theory. And I said, but it works. Like I can make really comfortable stays this way. And so to see the drawing with the compass and the straight lines and them together, even though it's the, I wasn't there, but I was like on my way there. This is, it was very validating. This is like earth shattering. (laughs) Yeah. Everything you've told us in the past Uh, 10 minutes is just like, oh my God. So. We can enjoy that bit. I think, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, we've been a bit shy, whereas Matthew Nagy, of course, has written up and published his theories on doublet drafting, which we've been teaching it here. Yeah. But, you know, our opinions are slightly different. I mean, none of us can say that everybody did everything the same. Exactly. But, 
think, but I think you find it. You do find a commonality in a different periods mm-hmm. of methods. You find, you know, within which yeah. people would use their own exactly. particular favorite ways of doing it. You know, so I don't. I don't think any of us are saying there's one way. No. But this is like you. You know, this this. I, what's interesting too is that I see people, lots of people have published books. You know, I've got two shelfuls of books on the history of stay making, one way or the other, up here. Yeah. And sits and tailoring, early modern tailoring, and less on mantua making. But you know, I think that's very interesting that you know, there's your book, there's a handful of books from the mm-hmm. period. Otherwise, it's really just picture books, you know. Yeah. Um, and and of course, it's like the hoops part of our book. <laughs> the um, the hoops part of our book is the let is the you know, there's only patterns for ten hoops, a farthingale, and a rump. So compared to the stage section, yeah. it's much shorter. But to me, it's really significant. But of course, you know. Uh, it's partly shorter in the introduction because it was done by women. Essentially, yeah. I think seamstresses generally, who adapted their working with single layer linen garments to hoop make very successfully. Mm-hmm. Whereas in courts, you've got still from Alsager onwards m- tailors making hoops, yeah. you know, for royalty uh, yeah. out of silk, and and they're some of those are very, slightly different. The way they're made, the way they're cut, is slightly different. But generally, I think it's a woman's craft. It's talked about being a woman's craft, and therefore nobody really has written much about it at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, you don't find care. women writing, mm-hmm. you know, diaries or of what they do step by step or keeping master books. I would love us to find us in the world, somebody to find the equivalent, you know, a woman's master yeah. or a woman's semstress's, you know, own little book where she wrote down her method. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you hope that it exists in a trunk somewhere in an matters. attic and yeah. one day it'll just emerge yeah. and everyone will just, the whole yeah. world will collapse and we'll be able to build ourselves it's in a box at snow hill they just can't find it yeah <laughs> it's probably in it yeah leave something for future generations so maybe it won't turn up for a bit but yeah or or just a diary saying you know what her day i mean we've got the old bailey accounts here and yeah. and we it's amazing my colleague vanessa found in the british library she was doing some archival research there on something else entirely different which i think is often where you find treasure when you're not looking for it and she found a patent by a flemish woman living in england um patented a method for jointed hoops Mm. yeah in 1737 and i've put two patterns of jointed hoops in the book nice. I, I took a pattern of the one at rom which is my favorite in toronto okay. and that if i was wearing a hoop that's the hoop i'd want these are the ar- articulated uh, yeah hoops yeah that fold up oh cool they fold up like that well the the rom one comes up to about 25 degrees mm. and it's it's made of it's incredible it's made of wire wrapped in linen thread and then covered in silk taffeta and so it weighs and it's all connected with silk ribbons so it weighs nothing it's light as a feather oh. so you'd hardly know you're wearing it and it's quite big 
it's quite you know it's quite a, a wide one um and then there's one of the slightly clunkier middle class ones mm -hmm. i put in a value judgment on it already in germany <laughs> is well it's linen tapes like the one in paris or two in paris if they're both real um and and that's made of you know um hammered flat iron strips mm. uh it's not that heavy actually i've picked it up and held it and it's yeah. not as heavy as it looks but they're yeah. covered in brown leather you know right. it's it's serviceable it would do the job but it's nothing like the beautiful featherweight thing in Toronto so I put both of them in you know so that we you know one can see the difference um and um yeah so so yeah we've got things like that and I think it's fantastic that mm -hmm. it's a woman who make that puts in this patent for mm -hmm. Jane Vanek her name is awesome Van fascinating Jane um so we've put we've put the whole patent in we've added that you know we've put That's that in the incredible yeah, so the, I think there's, no. I, and in, there's hardly any, there's hardly any patterns in the world. It's really difficult and well, takes time. So sadly, there aren't enough books. Really. No, I mean that's just it. There's room for everybody. I mean, yeah. we talk yeah. about this too. Yeah, like yeah. someone can yeah. go and write a, a book, a how-to book about 18th-century dressmaking. Use the mm -hmm. same dresses that we did. It will still be a completely different book that would still be completely valid in the space and, and wanted and needed in the space. You know, the more pattern books there are, the more how-to books there are, the more yeah. scientific uses of scientific evidence, like x-ray machines, like yeah. you've been yeah. utilizing, which is incredible. All of that is needed. All of that is valid. Yeah. And we cannot have enough of well, it's, it. It's a really exciting yeah, think, time uh, because yes, a, a lot so. of books are being published now, mm -hmm. I think in the last five to, to eight years or so, we've had more and more and more coming out of, of very meaty, very detailed mm -hmm. books. It's exciting to be part of that wave that's going to influence the future, and then there'll be another wave in the future. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think it's great what people are doing now. Yeah. Isabella yeah. just put her book out. Matthew Najee put his book out. Yeah. You yeah. guys, us. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's exciting. Yes, it is. And I think, you know, the only thing to be wary of, to myself I'm saying this, is there is always a danger of publishing too early yeah. when you're not really quite ready, you haven't really got on top of your subject. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, the other problem is leaving it too late and yeah. not getting out there. And I think I find that balance quite difficult. Yeah. Because you know, I'm nervous about that because I know that I wrote some things years and years ago that I don't agree with anymore. <laughs> but that's bound to happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's been years of blogging that I feel yeah. that way about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, we talked about this too, like with our book, you know, yeah. we had to write our, our first book very quickly. Yeah. Way we, too fast. Way too fast. And, and I know, and I've said this from the beginning, you've said it from the beginning, there's going to be stuff in that book that's going to be proven wrong. It yeah. might be proven wrong wrong tomorrow. It yeah. might be it might have already been proven wrong. You know, but it, it it's just that's the beauty of being in the subject because it is yeah, it's, it's not developing. overdone and it's developing. I think, I think Roy Strong it is only the beginning. If you think mm -hmm. about architecture or other more established subjects, you know, there are thousands of books yeah. on the subject of you know archaeological finds pyramids 
you know. Yeah, exactly. Tens of thousands of books. So he's right. Relatively speaking, we're at the beginning. It is an exciting time. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Jenny, it has been absolutely it's amazing talking to you. very easy to talk to. And it's yeah. lovely. Your passion is obvious and great. And I wish you all the best. Same. And uh, to see you again. Yes. Uh, I'm going, ever... I'm going to publish, I'm going, at the end of November, I'm going to launch the book. I've been invited to NYU Costume Department, Ooh. New York University, to do a book launch there. Awesome. And I'm, I might try and organize a few other events that with, while I'm there in New York, but I don't know what they are yet. Well, maybe that was our excuse to go to New York this fall. I can't, you can go, <laughs> I can't go, I'm I'm going to be in, in France um, through early November, so thank you. Sure, sure. It's a vacation. Anyway, have a good day. What's yes. left of it? Thank you so, <laughs> thank much, you so much, All right, y'all. That was the end of our episode with the amazing Jenny Tiramani, and we cannot thank her enough for coming and spending time with us here um, on our podcast. Thank you so much, Jenny, and thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Fashion History with American Duchess. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and if you really liked the show, leave us a good review. And you can always check us out on blog.americanduchess.com, americanduchess.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And again, if you all haven't bought the book already, there are barely a 1,000 copies left, so it's a really short run. They're almost sold out of the book of Patterns of Fashion 5. Go to School of Historical Dress org.uk to order your copy to get today it'll be out in just a couple weeks and let me tell y'all i'm so excited all right dandy take it away Pansy posing with magnolia fox yes we're all sync tickled pink for